Hey guys, Elijah here. Um, we had a bit of a corrupted file issue, so the back half of this podcast unfortunately was lost. So we'll release another episode in the next few days. But for now, enjoy this episode of CHN Radio, and you'll hear me at the end kind of close it out for us. Enjoy. <laughs> summer's afternoon I took the bus from Loris and she was heavy laden away we went and I kind of went straight to see the racing blade oh we lads you should have seen us getting passing the bus along the road all of them were staring all the lads and lasses there they all started faces getting along the scuffed with to see the blade racing you're a witness Good, ladies and germs, welcome to another episode of CHN Radio. It's your boy Elijah, and I am joined by the co-host with the mostest, Joshua. Joshua, how are you? Man, I'm good. It's It's been a day. It's been a day, but mm. it's been a match day, so it's a good day. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always a good day when it's a match day um, here on Tyneside, so that's what they call it. Um, cool. Let's Let's hop into this. Um, like real quick, we'll, geez, I don't know. I've already messed up the intro, but I'm not going to change anything. So our loyal fans know that, uh, sometimes you just don't got it and maybe you gotta, maybe, you gotta roll with it. You just got to roll with it. Yeah. There's no, no, we don't edit things out here, uh, mainly cause that takes a lot of work. All right. So we're going <laughs> to hit some news. Uh, we've got a bit of a gap between the next time Newcastle plays. So, um, we'll hit some news and we might do something later in the week before the, next round of EFL Cup. Well, that gets the next, the, the second leg of this tie, not the next round. Um, we'll get to that in a second, but we'll hit some news. Um, we'll review the Palace match. Excuse me. We'll take a quick break and then review the Southampton match. Um, so that's that. Um, Joshua, you got anything you want to plug? Um, nothing going on this week. You know, it's just uh, still trying to catch up to the stuff that I promised before. So mm. <laughs> making no more promises until I can get that stuff out there. Nice, nice. Um, well, without further ado, let's hop into it. Um, so first and foremost, uh, so last was this was that last week, Josh? I guess it was Which last one? week. The the uh the, the layoffs. SP Nation Fox. Oh yeah, that dropped. Well, that that, yeah. I think it was yeah. late last week. Yeah. Um so Vox Media who owns SP Nation uh, they own a lot of newspapers. Um, they're, uh, I feel like it's fair to say they're probably not the best at running a media business. Um, it's been been pretty rough for them since they decided to buy up a bunch of pretty successful independent sites. And they have since then lost a lot of talent, but that's not the point. The point is they did a massive round of cuts to um, one people. They laid off a lot of people last week. Uh, and then they cut a lot of sites, which in turn like is laying people off because site managers are paid like 50 bucks a month or something like that. So as a part of those cuts, they have pulled support for soccer podcasts, which before people start freaking out, I don't think it will mean 
anything really for this podcast. It might mean that in the future we might um, go down like a Patreon route. We're still going to talk about some stuff um, and really like flesh things out. But just know um, we just basically need to find a different place to host the podcast. So nothing should change. Uh, there might be like a, I'll try to do it, like try to do all the shift stuff, like not when we're going to post a new episode, but it, it'll be just like the last time this happened for those who've been listening since like day one. This yeah. already happened before, and I'm sure you either know about it or you don't know about it. But like we used to not be really like required by explanation to have a podcast, and then we were, so we had to switch over to whatever they were hosting their podcast on. It's a whole ordeal. Anyway, all I have to say, uh, the good news for everyone is that, Josh, this is massive news that I just put two and two together is that because this is not an espionation thing anymore, like in the near future, I don't know when these will be Atlas pods. So that, that'll be good for people. So no, no annoying ads. So, um, but yeah, that's that. Uh, we'll, we'll give you guys details as we get them, but um, I know it sucks. Shout out to all the folks who are doing really good stuff at Vox who unfortunately got their, their site or their jobs cut. Um, but again, uh, as regards to coming to Newcastle, right now we are good. We're in the clear. Um, who knows what's next with Vox? I mean, um, you never know. Uh, you always got to be on your P's and Q's because uh, there were some really great NHL sites and other MLS sites that you know had more traffic and all that kind of stuff that got cut as well. So all I'd say, um, let's hop into some Newcastle news, unless Josh, you have anything you want to add to that, which I, I don't know what you would add. What would I add? Oh, you know, if we want to enjoy uh, ad-less podcasts, that's nice. But uh, if there's anybody out there that wants to sponsor this podcast for a chunk of change that would make it worth our while we're also ears open so yeah we used to do fake ads that was fun <laughs> we used to do fake ones like uh, if you like uh, we advertising this cup of coffee um it, gives you, it, Hario. Hario, it does give uh, it a certain gravity and bona fides so it's true yeah I'll, I'll give a shout out to hario for providing my caffeine tonight hario v60 ten dollar you know investment in coffee and it's a good investment so uh there you go Shout out nice. them. They don't really need my my advertising. All right, um, let's let's get into some news. Uh, Chris Wood, gone but not forgotten. Uh, he's not dead. He's just gone to Nottingham Forest. Uh, mm. I think he actually he actually probably I think he already made a first start. Um, let me actually I, I want to look at this, but uh, last week at the end of the week, um, Chris Wood was uh, going out to Nottingham Forest with an obligation to buy if certain conditions were met um yeah he started he started as soon as he got there played 75 minutes and really do much but it was a draw for Forrest um interestingly enough Forrest like went from being a complete laughing stock to like don't look at the table now but um again the bottom of the table is all swirly but uh they're got 21 points sitting in 13th and they just lost their striker for a couple months so it's actually pretty decent deal for them clearly looking to spend um spend 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 um and there's an obligation i want to say it's around 15 million uh pounds with some some additional options if certain conditions are met which is you know good for newcastle who paid you know 25 million pounds for chris wood last last january so shout out to to him best of luck we're wishing him well uh and it does seem like based on his uh 
based on his posts and like how he was looking, it did feel as if the obligation for him to uh, to to for them to trigger that purchase might be pretty attainable. Like maybe it's just to to avoid relegation. And right now they're at a pretty decent like opportunity spot to do that. So um, do you have any? Yeah, I think I think um, one. I think it's really interesting that Chris Wood was loaned out to a forest. So there's that. Um, you could see the forest through the trees. That's or, pretty good for the wood. But also, I think Steve Cooper is gonna actually really. I mean, look, we all praise Eddie Howe, you know, and that's great. Steve Cooper is also a really good. He's a really good manager. And my preseason prediction for Forest was survival. And I actually had Southampton and Everton um, in the in the drop. Uh, I also included, I think, if I can remember correctly. Um, anyway, I can't remember exactly who it was, I, but well, I, 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 yeah, we can take a look. But um, I think he'll do really well for Forest. Hopefully, that make that move becomes permanent. I could see Chris Wood doing really well there for a couple of years. To be honest with you, I think mm-hmm. it's just the kind of system that he'll he'll. Um, he actually might actually bang in a few goals and we'll look at him when he starts scoring a few and we'll go like, where was that? Like, why, why did he do it for us? But it's just, you know, some people excel on certain systems under certain coaches. And even though he did well here and he played his role, I wish him all the best at forest, except for when um, we play them in the, uh, in the final of the Carabao cup. Well, he won't have, well, he'll be cup tied. He'll be cup tied. So yeah. Cause we started I, them. Yeah. Well, he, he scored. I want to say he might've scored. Him. Yeah. Well then I wish him, I wish him well, except for the one match we have left against forest. <laughs> I love it. I love the confidence. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know. I think, I think, I don't know if Chris, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that our system doesn't quite lean to like a straight up target man, like Chris Wood was. So there were times in which like, excuse me, it did feel as if like, he just didn't have as many opportunities as like a different type of forward would in that number nine role, like an Isak or a Wilson. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but yeah, I, I think he'll be fine at Forrest. Um, I do think like, interestingly enough, like we made fun of them and I was hand up. I was a part of that. We made fun of them for the ridiculous amount of signings that they made. Yeah. Um, to, to start off the, the uh, summer window, but it's actually looking like a, it, was, it wasn't too bad. Of an, it, 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 like, it wasn't that bad of an idea. Uh, sometimes it, the it probably uh, overhaul the squad might actually yeah. work. It, it'll just, I would say this move will just leave uh, four supporters with, uh, with one question. Uh, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a Chris oh, Wood could chuck All wood? Right. We're, we're moving on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, on that note, Loris Carius extended his, deal until the end of the season um if folks remember correctly uh when newcastle had almost zero keepers uh we brought in lord lord's carius and it was a short-term deal that was supposed to end in january the op- option to extend i think he's made one or two appearances for newcastle the season uh i think both in the cup at uh maybe yes yeah in the cup at least one one of them. yeah it, it might be only one um a loss so yeah and we're keeping him <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, uh, and we'll find out why, but uh, it's because Carl Darlow is close to being loaned out to mm. we determined it was Hull City uh, that seemed to be mm-hmm. closest to making that uh, that move. Um, so 
it makes sense that Karius is in. Uh, Dubrovka is back at the club, which I cannot remember for the life of me if we discussed that on the last podcast. But uh, right now, it's not a bad keeper room to have of uh, Nick Pope, Dubrovka, and and Karius. Uh, you basically have three goal like three goalkeepers that have you know extended runs uh, playing as a number one for a club or playing. You know they played you know a good amount of top flight football, so. You know, can't fault them too much um, for making that move. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And then Newcastle, some transfer news. Josh, are you excited about uh, Newcastle potentially bringing in one Anthony Gordon? I actually I don't have a problem with Anthony Gordon, and um, I think – I, I read some I don't I don't know exactly who posted it on Twitter, but it was basically like, look, lads, if you were playing for Everton right now, you would you would be lashing out too. You would you would throw tantrums as well. Like and that just tells me maybe this guy really does he has a winning attitude or he wants to win and he might have the right stuff. And look anyhow, if he didn't if he didn't think that he could turn Gordon to the light side. I don't think that he would try to draft him into, you know, into the team. I think uh, he, he would leave him where he is. So I, I'm happy to see Anthony Gordon transferred in. It's only what I think is rumored like 20 million only and it, only it, in 20 Everton, million. Everton wants 60 million euros. Jeez Louise. Newcastle's you're, you're, I don't know. We'll see how much you like this. I think Newcastle's offer was 35 million euros with a potential 10 million or 15 million euros and and bonuses. Ugh. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a little bit more than 20 mil. It's yeah. uh, also English and young, so you've got the English. You, yeah, you get that like, extra tax there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see how that works. Yeah, uh, like from a purely player perspective, um, I think someone brought this up of, uh, you could argue there are better options potentially in on the continent that could be got for cheaper. And to that you have to you have to remember this is January, so not everyone is available. I'm sure if Newcastle could spend that same amount of money on Diaby, they would, but he's not available. Right, uh, that's the, that's the real magic trick, right? It's yeah. like you could you could want you could like I oh, what was it a, a month ago, two months ago? You're like, hey Josh, who would who would your dream transfer in be? Oh, yeah. Christopher and Cuckoo, right? Yeah, can't have him. And and yeah. what did I say? We're probably not ready for that yet. And yeah. we're a big side and a historically massive club. But and, I mean, and, and we are in a prime position to be playing some sort of European football. Yeah, absolutely. Something. So but, we're going to get a player. Yeah. We're going to get somebody in the next week. Who mm-hmm. that somebody is, though, I don't know. Yeah, and, and it, it, it's it's tough because, again, like there there's the player interest side of it, which is one thing. But, I mean, you have to remember that there is no – there's – like this isn't this isn't the NBA this isn't uh you know even the NFL where players can just force their way out of club out of clubs like even players that try to do that it's still not as successful as you would you as you would imagine it is in, in other in other leagues so I mean even if a player really desperately wants to get out like the onus is still on the club and you're seeing this already with with certain with certain players um with just like you know multiple clubs interested I think Mo- Moises Caicedo I think that's how you say his name. And mm-hmm. Brighton is a good example of this uh, young defensive midfielder. I want to say he's Venezuelan, Venezuelan, Colombian, one of those. He's South American talent. Um, and uh, he, I mean, he's 
open to moving to a bigger club in the Prem. And Brighton are saying, all right, well, if you guys want them, I mean, starting, starting, we'll start the talks at 75 million pounds. Right. Okay? Nobody is paying that uh, for the, like, that's, that's more than people like are, are valuing him. Like clubs are valuing him, you yeah. know, uh, and they're like, they're looking for 75 to a hundred million pounds for him. So if you want them, and again, it's a player that would improve Newcastle, would improve Arsenal, would improve all the teams that are interested in him, and and he's open to he's likely open to the moves to those teams. But again, the the club has to be willing to to sell, and so Everton at this moment are one of the clubs that are are willing sellers. I'm sure yeah. this will this is where things get a little bit interesting. I'm sure Juventus might be a willing seller in, in the near future, um, but who knows if that's going to be a summer fire sale or an end of January mm. fire sale, but. The player has to be, you know, available from the club, and so right That's now, right. Like Everton, they are in a mood to sell. And again, that the, the good news is that you know, with Newcastle, you really never know if, like, like right now. I mean, since honestly, since Ashworth's come in, you don't really know who we're actually linked to, and if how close a deal is. I mean, so there are some journalists who were making claims um, the day we're recording this, which is a Tuesday. They're making some claims, but again, I didn't see anything concrete from any of the normal sources I would trust with um, Newcastle News. Nothing from the the anyone, any actual northeastern journalists, and nothing from the the, the transfer legend himself, Fabrizio. Uh, yeah. So again, it's something to consider. And then the last thing I'll say on this is, attitude wise, I hate to break it to Newcastle fans, but. Um, I don't know how to say this without like being like, like Anthony Gordon would actually fit in with like, like the, 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 the culture of Newcastle right now. I think Newcastle fans don't like him because he's, he's annoying and he's does all the shithousery and blah, blah, blah. And this is the same Newcastle fans who today have celebrated Jacob Murphy waving by <laughs> the second yellow. So, Again, and they're like, let's get a flag made of him before the next match of him waving goodbye. It's it's like, all right, like you hate him until like, he's on your team because right. like, that, I guarantee you that is how people are looking at some, like some of the stuff, some of the challenges from Dan Byrne this year. There is an Arsenal like the Arsenal SB Nation account, like literally was talking about how they cannot stand Newcastle players complaining about calls when they are as physical as other teams, and I was like. A briefly offended but then i realized oh wait yeah like i'm looking at things through my news newcastle colored glasses and i have yet to recognize that like you know other other teams probably look at some of our players like there are people complaining about bruno like and saying like this guy dives all the time blah blah, blah or almiron and it's like they look at that and they think the same thing so we i'm sure a lot of the gordon hate is likely is is partially because he plays at everton and their fans suck and their club's not fun to watch. And there's some history between them and Newcastle. Um, But all that being said, like talent wise, I mean, Gordon, it's good to have some competition in the attack, you know, and and you, you kind of hope that looking at like the attackers now and looking at things from a holistic perspective, if you look at things as a whole and say, these are a pool of attackers. You cannot tell me that Anthony Gordon does not present a upgrade um, where, you know, is Anthony Gordon, you know, better than Alan St. Maxman? Maybe not. Probably not. Is he better than Isak? No. Is he better than Almiron? Who knows? That's not up for debate. Like, that's not the point. The point is depth. 
And I can tell you that Anthony Gordon would be a better backup winger than Matt Ritchie. And so if, if, yeah. if the option is, hey, we can have this 22-year-old, you know, kid with potential that, you know, is, is solid. We've seen him, you know, perform well. He was clearly like a, a, a player that Everton believed in, et cetera, et cetera. And we can have him over Matt Ritchie, who is, you know, on his way to coaching. Then I'm going to take Anthony Gordon over Matt Ritchie, and so I think Newcastle fans have to get out of that mindset that we were in the old times of like every single signing is someone who like we have to be like, oh, this person needs to be in the starting eleven, blah blah blah. Because right now it's about building depth, and like yes, eventually we will be making some of these bigger signings that are going to be replacing you know starting eleven players. But for now, it's like, all right, not every single signing is going to be a let's bring in a, a guy to, to, to be an immediate difference maker. Although Newcastle fans clearly want some sort of difference maker this window. We might, we might actually need one. I think um, we might need a difference maker if we want to keep fighting for this top four. I said yeah. all along, I'm happy with top six. And I think that we could probably achieve that with what we have, to be honest with you. I mean, add, a, add one or two players at depth. I think top six is believable, especially the way I think that the middle of the pack are eating each other alive right now in in the results um, every week in week out. You see just predictable results at the bottom, but um, I think there's so much chaos in the middle that if we just stayed steady with draws and wins and draws and wins, I think we could get that top six spot. But if we want to um, fight for something that was unexpected, but it seems to have landed in our lap, and we're we're top three right now, right? We're, I mean, we're fighting yeah. back and forth with United with that other United. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's possible if, we'll, if only maybe we land one or two game changers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would like, you know, yes and no. Like for me, I think there are certain areas in which you want just like enough. You would just need a player to, to push everyone else forward. Like I think today is a good example against Southampton of like, okay, no, clearly ASM will, sorry, ASM, Isak and, Almiron like on the field together instead of the uh Joe Ellington Wilson Almiron attacking three like that was the best Newcastle's attack has looked like and just freshest that they've looked is just having a different dynamic and attack and like all right you know I know that Eddie was dead set on not rotating but mm-hmm. maybe it is time like ASM was looking like himself Isak was making runs that we had not seen Wilson make so Part of that is like, all right, well, how many more wins could Newcastle have in the next few weeks if they just simply change some things in the uh, in the in the starting eleven? It's like, all right, well, yeah, you know, defense is is fine, and I don't know if there's really anything that is going to be changed there or needs to be changed there. And I think that you can get away with not going out and overpaying for an attacker, you know, a big a big time, you know, James Madison type attacker in January because they're just going to be so expensive right now. Mm-hmm. You can probably get away with it just by simply rotating and creating some competition. Maybe you bring in a Gordon level signing just to, to get, you know, Almiron, you know, back to you know really having to compete for that starting winger spot. But I do think more so than a difference maker, I think Newcastle desperately need to bring in some sort of midfielder. Um, and at this point I will take, I'll take an eight or a six just because like the current midfield group just is, is not, it, it just cannot stay the same. Like, I mean, uh, Joe, Joe Willick 
has, has kind of fallen off a little bit. Sean Long has been steady rock, but like it very much is this, this midfield in its current existence is like completely dependent on whether or not Bruno can play. And so something has to change there um, so that we're not completely reliant on one player. Like there needs to be a little bit more balance in the midfield, maybe a little bit more competition. Maybe you, you bring in a difference maker there, but you know, largely I would agree with you. Like, you know, we could go at the same pace we're going on now and pretty comfortably finish top, top six for sure. I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Especially given where like Liverpool are and, and Chelsea are and, but again, things can change and, and people can start picking up points. But the, the benefit for us is that we're you know we're at the we're at the end of January and neither one of those teams looks better than they did before the break. In fact, you could argue they might look worse. Both. So, yeah, they both look um, worse. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, <clears throat> moving on. Uh, speaking of signings, there's a couple of other rumors, and again, it's very weird because we don't have a lot to go off of. Um, wanted to get your quick sort of BS meters. Like, is Mm. this something that is actually kind of in the cards or is it not in the cards? Um, First one is a South American uh, in Matthias Franca, or I don't know if it's Franca or Franca. I have to ask Roberto about this. Yeah. I would have gone, I would have gone Franca, but yeah, you're right. There there might be that weird squiggly underneath the state. Oh, so it might be Franca. Francia, maybe, yeah. So yeah, anyway, Mateo's Francia. I'm not sure, he's but he's a, from Flamengo in Brazil. Yeah, yeah Brazilian uh, striker, center attacking midfielder, center forward. I mean, he's basically an attacking player, um, yeah. like kind of in that positionless uh, attacking player uh, mold. 18 years old, uh, seven goals in 28 games, um, which impressive given that he like for majority of those games he wasn't even 18. Um, Pretty talented guy. Like it's kind of funny looking at his like some Newcastle account posted highlights and like half of the video was him making tackles. But uh, Newcastle reportedly <laughs> have put in a a, a sixteen million euro um, offer for him. Uh, so honestly, is this it, it, like where do we think this ends up? Is this going to be a hey like Newcastle bringing another talented young player, or is this a you know they're kind of trying to see if they can get a guy, you know, a, 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 again, a talented young player for maybe cheaper than the club wants to let him go for. I, that's kind of where I'm going with this and wanting to get your thoughts on the level of BS associated with this. Is, is yeah. High level, like this isn't happening, or is it like, all right, you know, maybe they're making some steps towards it. I'll tell you what alludes to it being a low-key steal. Is that mm-hmm. Arsenal is also after him. They've joined the chase, and – this is one of those opportunities where you buy a Brazilian player directly from the source instead mm-hmm. of paying that European middleman charge that you're going to get if you buy him two years from now from, you know, from, uh, you know, Hanover from or Leon, Leon <laughs> Who, or, like Leon, who's also interested in him, which to me that, that, that it tells it right. They're, they're scouting Arsenal scouting, but, but, the scouting on the continent, when you get clubs like Leon who are also scouting this player, that's when I think you trigger, you go, okay, what are we offering? 16 and they want 22 go 22. And the reason yeah. is cut out, cut out that competition and save yourselves 20 million in the long run from, from having to buy him eventually through a middleman or missing out on this guy. Now, look, there's a chance that he isn't, he isn't that, you know, it's, it's like buying a scratch it ticket. 
-hmm. There's a chance that it's good. There's a chance that it's not. But if everybody else is is lining up for this guy, and I mean, I'm a big fan of a guy named Anthony Bourdain, you know, bless soul. Um, But one of the things that he would always say in in his episodes was you've you go where the line's at and it may not be the sexiest looking restaurant, but if, if the locals are lining up, that's where you go to eat because that's where the good food is. Now uh, you go where the line's at on these players. If you look at where these good, these notoriously good scouting organizations are looking at players and you have a chance to get them, steal them, go for it. Do I think we're going to get it? Probably not because I think we're going to lowball and get cut out by somebody else. Should we, should we go big, go big. I'll, I'll just say this on that. Um, so there, there, when you think about like this whole sort of, I wouldn't say newer model, but somewhat newer model of bigger teams going directly to the source. And you could argue it started a little bit with, with, uh, with, with Neymar. Um, but Real Madrid has, has been pretty good at doing this the past couple of years. And I'll give you a name of a player who cost 46 million euros at the time record, uh, Brazilian outgoing signing behind uh, uh, behind uh, Neymar and the youngest for anyone who was under the age of 19 and also came from Flamengo and had 37 appearances and seven goals. And that is Rodrigo. That's not Rodrigo. Rodrigo Ronaldinho? Not coming, but it was, no, it's Vin- Vinicius. Oh, Vinicius. Um, was bought by Real Madrid from the same club, mm. same position, same number of goals, same age, and I mean twice the twice the asking price that, that they're looking for. So, um, and again, like you look at what he was bought for and what he's worth now, literally just a few years later, mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's night and day of like, yeah, you don't want to be the you don't want to be the the team that's having the pony up. Literally at this point, his value is triple what it was then. He's valued on transfer market at 120 million euros. So, um, and again, you know, it's Real Madrid, different situation, but I, there, there's no reason why Newcastle can't be in that same mold of, hey, if we see, if we identify young talent and we want to develop it and develop that talent and play them, like there's no reason Newcastle cannot also do the same thing. So, and I mentioned Rodrigo because it's the same, the same exact model. Um, they bought Rodrigo as well um, for, you know, from, uh, I forgot where they bought him from, but it's from Brazil. Another Brazilian, another Brazilian player that they mm-hmm. bought for. I want to say 42, 45 minutes. And he came from Santos. That's where he came from. Um, and same thing, like his transfer value has has tripled. And he's even set to leave Real Madrid. And so thinking about that, it's like he's he's unhappy there. And he's been, I wouldn't even say like an actual like legitimate flop. Like he's been maybe slightly less disappointing. And they're still going to come out probably selling him for 65 70 million euros at a minimum this summer because i mean mm. in 15 matches he has four goals and five assists so um all that to say uh, i i would say like low level of bs here i actually think newcastle could get this done i think realistically i like they have they have the the flexibility uh financial fair play wise to um to, to, to pay the money. Um, I'm not saying Arsenal doesn't, but Arsenal's already made signings this way. No, and I'm not saying Leon doesn't either, um, but I think Newcastle could get it. I think they're just waiting till the last minute to try to get a deal done. Dan Ashworth knows what he's doing. I mean, he's, he's a beast. Um, and 
the last one before we uh, move on. Uh, Nicolo Zaniello, um, which I, I hope I'm saying his name right. I, mm-hmm. I forgot Italian names. Uh, he's also been rumored <laughs> to uh, that Newcastle has has placed a bid a bid for him. Um, obviously, uh, Zaniello is another young attacking talent, um, a bit kind of a different build and mindset of the other. Like, I mean, everyone else is sort of. I mean, Anthony Gordon, it's like the opposite of Anthony Gordon in the sense of Anthony Gordon's like a pretty small, crafty player. And Zaniolo is like a 6'3 center attacking mid who just can kind of play all over as well. But uh, Newcastle are one of a few clubs that have uh, inquired about him. And it does seem like Roma is open to, you know, potentially letting him go this window. But uh, mm-hmm. any thoughts on, on the level of BS for this one? Uh, I think this one's less likely. I think because the price tag is higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think buying that this is, he's an Italian in an Italian club, but I think you're still, now you're looking at Europe and you're going to pay a little bit more. Um, I think he's a great player. I'd love to have him, but I also see that Milan and um, Spurs are lined up um, and they're probably willing to pay their way out of the troubles that they're in. Um, I think there's a lot more expectation on the shoulders of both of those clubs, uh, both in you know Milan and Spurs, um, to achieve a higher position than they're currently achieving. Um, I think they're probably willing to spend a little bit more money to get themselves out of trouble uh, than than we are to um, to add to add talent to what we have. So yeah, I mean, I'd say it, this it, is less likely. And, and again, it goes both ways. I think like I'd only say it's less likely because I keep hearing about this Gordon stuff, but let's also remember that we beat Milan out for a signing this past summer. And uh, it's actually resulted in one center back that has yet to lose at Newcastle. So, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so right. it's one of those where you've got the vision There's that hope. You still sell. And I mean, you, if, if you are a player and you see what Newcastle is doing at the premier league level and how Eddie Howe has transformed certain players, I think that's, that's becoming more of a draw now than, um, then it maybe it was, you know, maybe even last summer of like, all right, well, now I've got this guy who is out here reviving careers and looking at Zaniolo, uh, like not even, I'm not even going to, I'm not dogging or anything, but like for an attacking player, not really that great of a season. He has one goal in Serie A, one goal in Europa League and, you know, 17 appearances total. So not crazy return, two goals and one assist this season and maybe, Maybe Google's you know stats are wrong, but like seems like a player that you know could benefit from from you know fresh starts elsewhere. And if there is someone who can make an attacker look even better and get the best out of a player, it could be Eddie Howe, uh, who's somehow done that at Newcastle with a, a, a few different players. Yeah, I, th- I guess the real trick is to find out um, what uh, Eddie Howe has subscribed to, what language he's learning now. And if it's Italian, then um, we know the answer. If it's yeah, And uh, also just like who who does Newcastle value more, Anthony Gordon or Zanillo? Yeah. Because to me, I think you're looking at, at this point, around the same price for both uh, in terms of like, all right, I think Newcastle might have submitted like a 35 million euro, 45 million euro bid for him as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're looking at around the same price and – it's like, I, I, yeah, who is better? That's a, it's a, that's that's a Steve Nixon and uh, Dan Ashworth and Darren Eels and Eddie Howe question. 
Jason Tindall, they figured that out. Yeah, right, but they're uh, just playing. They're playing FIFA right now to just see, you know, what yeah, the rankings are. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Or just yeah, running a, a career sim on on football man. That's the actually the that's the answer. That's, what are we that's doing what here? They're actually doing. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's hop into um, let's hop into a little review. Uh, these will be fairly quick because um, I mean, I just I I'm getting depressed thinking about talking about this Crystal Palace match, um, Newcastle. Uh, this past weekend played Crystal Palace. Um, a match in which Josh and I both thought Newcastle would be able to handle business. What mm. we what we forgot was that Newcastle looked like absolute shit against Crystal Palace this entire year. Um, I think overall we might have fifty two shots on target. I'm oh, sorry, not fifty two shots. Fifty two shots and like fifty two shots and zero goals to show for it against Palace this season. Uh we have not scored a goal in regulation against Palace this season. Mm. Uh so all that to say, um kind of spoiler alert, this was a nil nil draw. Uh, and uh we'll just really quickly we only got a few three three words here. Um but uh well I'll just quickly go through them. Eric Schmidt, NUFC Indiana, shout out Eric, love you. Uh Killer Instinct missing Theater for Everyone says third in league. El Spiro says by a goal scorer. I wonder if he's happy with Anthony Gordon. Um, but, Josh, I'm not going to say your three words, but just quick reaction to full-time whistle blows and you look at the score bug and it says 0-0 and you see Newcastle players walking off the pitch. What was your initial thought? Um, just opportunities wasted. I, I felt like th- there were chances created maybe maybe not enough that the conversion to to goals was was there but i felt like there were some missed chances um but i also i want to give credit where credit is due and i think patrick vieira um has has um has us figured out you know he might be house boogeyman in that i think that he plays similarly i think that he has a solid solid defense and is able to to spring an attack forward and if you watched palace man they played with real vitriol they played with piss and vinegar um they were getting in and out of tackles they were playing rough they were knocking people over and you know just that little extra follow through to knock people over and i think that maybe that's what that's the approach that teams are taking because you've seen that a few matches in a row now where people are teams are getting a little bit rougher with us uh and I think that might that level of disruption, what we've done to Arsenal and what we've, you know, we've done to Liverpool teams are starting to take that to heart and it's happening to us. So uh, yeah, disruption, but also um, respect due. Yeah. I mean, Selhurst is a bit of a fortress um, in a weird way for certain teams. And uh, it's kind of talking with a buddy of mine who's a Man U fan and uh, we were talking about their their palace match, and he was I was texting him, and, he, and you know they went up one, and then they they you know they eventually lost. And he goes, just like, that's how it is. You go into Selhurst, and every single game is like this. It's it's one one zero zero something like that. Like, and you're always just left disappointed. And I was like, ha ha ha, that's you know you know maybe it won't be the same for Newcastle, and it was, and it's kind of interesting. Um, but I think you're spot on. I also think Vieira's got talented attackers that just still make it so that they're never truly out of it. Like they're not like these great, like it's not like, it's not like a man city level attack or anything, but it's still, I mean, it does remind me a little bit of Newcastle. Like as a, and Zaha are like, or like ASM and Wilson for us, 
uh, in years past of like, you know, as long as those two are on the pitch, they're still always a threat, no matter how bad the rest of the team is playing. And it wasn't that Chris Apostle was playing bad. I want to be clear about that. But it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing, as long as Zaha and Eze are on the pitch, they're they're gonna they're gonna have uh, an opportunity to make some noise, and then they sub on Olise, and he's the same thing. And Mateta is another one that's like, you know, they have some some decent players that um, are not decent, some good attacking players that can cause a lot of frustration for anyone and keep them in matches and allow for them to go, you know, ten guys behind the ball, but as soon as they win it, quickly spring a counter. And so we saw a little bit of that um, really quickly. Uh, Newcastle went with the same starting 11 that they've been going with for the last few matches. Uh, mm. Back line, Byrne, Botman, Cher, Trippier, Pope, and Goal, Willock, Bruno, Longstaff in the midfield, Joelinton, Wilson, Almiron, uh, Palace started Guyton, Goal with uh, with Joel Ward. Uh, Chris Richards had a, I'm not going to lie, very impressive match. Uh, so if you're American, that's something to look forward to. Uh, he looked really good against Newcastle. Looks good on uh, in the midweek match against Maine United as well. Uh, Mark Gui, um, which nice little young tandem, young center back pairing. Gui's only 22. I thought he was older than that. And Chris Richards is also 22. Tyreek Mitchell uh, as well. Uh, Ducore and, and Schlup as their midfielders with Ayu, Eze, and Zaha um, as kind of their attacking players with Edward up in front at striker. Uh, so again, this Palace team on paper is a solid team and they gave Newcastle some struggle, definitely better than uh, 12th place. I mean, you could argue that it's a top 10 team, top 10 team in the Premier League. Um, but like I said, it was zero zero. Josh, it like what 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 do you what what would you say are some things that kind of stood out to you um, in that match? Um, I think Newcastle's back line is stout. Um, it's still haven't given up a goal. What? What did what did they say? Nick Pope hasn't given up a goal in like, like what forty hours of football or something like that. Yeah, it's no just, concern. it's just ridiculous, right? So defensively, that's solid, right? You yeah. don't want to mess with the chemistry of that. But there's, you alluded to it earlier when we were talking about who to bring in for transfers, and there's something, there's something that needs to change for the sake of change in the midfield, and it isn't because you know, so-and-so isn't playing, you know, it's just, look, Willick, Willick is still a fabulous player, Um, you know. And in fact, he actually was probably one of the better players in the Palace match. And Joelinton has his moments. He's still a fabulous player. Um, But every once in a while, teams kind of suss out um, your overlaps and your passing patterns. Do they watch tape? you know, the night before a match. And then you, you get out there in practical application and it's exactly what they watched and they know how to defend you. And sometimes you just have to switch up those players and those passing, you know, um, those, those, you know, those passing transitions and phases of play need a little bit of a modulation. It's kind of like fighting the Borg and every once in a while you have to change your phasers, man. So in order to score, you've got to change your phasers. Yeah. Um, I would say, I think part of it is, I don't even know if like Newcastle need, like you said, that straight up a difference maker. I do think it would be beneficial for Newcastle to be able to play Bruno as an eight. I think that we're seeing you know moments of Bruno magic, but it's it's not nearly as good as it could be because he's having to play in this number six role. So yeah, um, you know maybe that changes and maybe they're holding out because for for Shelby. But again, I don't think that's a good idea because. 
we held out for Shelby um, in uh, in in the summer window and didn't really bring in anyone to provide any sort of additional coverage in the midfield. And then he came back and then before he could make a like meaningful appearance, like I mean, he made he had some appearances. I mean, he he got injured again and we lost him for another like month and a half. So um, I just and again, you don't want to you don't want to be like oh this guy's injury prone or whatever, but you also like you also need to recognize that you can't put all your eggs in the basket of a guy who has, you know, not been consistently healthy for the last what three or four seasons at this point. Well, so really, so. sometimes you just gotta move on. Sometimes, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, he, he he maybe he's a he's a training ground guru, but when it comes to being on the pitch, maybe he's you know he's he's fragile. Uh, and 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 it maybe it Which just is, is... Uh, it's unfortunate because I mean he was good for Eddie this past year like yeah. I mean he was great actually <laughs> so you know maybe not maybe it's unfortunate but I think you don't hold on I think you move on and then let him catch up to the rest of the team but you don't you don't stay in one place you know and um and and remain stagnant you've got to move on you've got to grab one of these you know you got to grab your Zanilio you've got to grab your Anthony Gordon. Um, and that leaves room for Shelby to make a return, you know, next month. But it also adds a new fresh face, and it allows the offense to change and the midfield to change. And and uh, I think away we go. I think we, you know, we we move we move on and get these these three points that we need in the league um, after we are done with this uh, this next cup tie. Yeah, I mean, I really wanted Leeds to be so much worse. Like I wanted them to get relegated so that we could get Tyler Adams because. <laughs> if you're talking about a six, that would just like fit in well with this team. Like, uh, be fun. Um, and I mean, they look like they're going to be in the prim again next season, and they look like they're trying to just get all the Americans. So I'm sure Pulisic's going to go there in the summer. They're they're I don't know. Yeah, if you've seen are the they in for West McKinney too? Aren't they're they? They're in for West McKinney. So I mean, good for West because he's good. yeah. Ex- escape that dumpster fire going on over oh, there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I would say the same. I think there's still um, there there's there's some concern, but I do think a lot of it has to do with just freshening up the side. Um, I'm I, I was a little worried about Miguel Amaron and him falling out of form. We talked about it at the last pod. I think you could argue, and we'll get into this after the break. Um, that like I maybe it, we were maybe we were overreacting a little bit um, in terms of the you know how good or bad he is or run a form and all because because I mean he put like multiple chances on a platter in the Southampton match and just none of them were converted um, but uh, there's a guy who is a stats guy his name's Kevin his Twitter at edit underscore Kev he's written a lot of uh, it's really cool, actually. One of the cool things about having ownership that cares is that you get guest authors on the site, and he's been a guest author talking about statistical revolutions. I think uh, he most, not most famously, but he's probably known the most for writing about um, how Miguel Almiron was poised to uh, have um, more opportunities and be a more, a much more impactful player. And then, literally, uh, the following match, Miguel Almiron started his goal scoring tear in the fall. So um Kevin's a good guy and he's he's long held this point of Newcastle are creating the chances and they're playing they're creating chances that are high expected goals, chances that, you know, they should be finishing. And last fall, 
we saw them finishing, you know, stuff that's inside the box, stuff that's like, you know, even stuff at the top of the box, you know, shots on target, 1v1s that they just aren't converting now. And it's not that the players are bad. It's not that chance creation or the offense is necessarily stagnant because the chances are being created and the high quality chances are being created. It's just teams go through funks. Like, th- like that happens. I mean, Man City went through a funk. Uh, like, like we don't talk about it, but I mean, like, people were saying that Holland was ruining Man City, and then Holland just had a hat trick. Like, teams get out of funks as well, and so, um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe freshening up the team and some rotation. This is part of the Eddie Howe like man management thing. Maybe that will will do some some things like getting Isak back in the fold. He just brings a different type of dynamic to the attack. Um, I think that could be beneficial, but mm-hmm. I, I'm ultimately not as worried as I thought, just thinking about things from different perspective, because again, the chances are being created. And I mean, and I don't even want to go uh, this whole route if they're falling to the wrong players, because and yes, yes, we saw, you know, the likes of Joe Willick skying things over, but and, I mean, and Sean Longstaff skying shots and all that kind of stuff. But again, I, I don't know if that's really like, a valid criticism of the chances are falling to the wrong players. Newcastle are creating chances, which is something that for the past three years, they were not doing. So um, I feel better about our ability to uh, score goals at some point and, and return to good, to good graces in the league, uh, especially given that um, our back line seems impenetrable at this moment. So as long as we're still keeping clean sheets, I'm honestly not, that worried yeah well i'll take a one i'll take a one nil win yeah i'll take a one nil win i i just um we've had a few what five six nil nils i I don't know how many we've had but it's getting up there and uh a little bit of change up up top and then everything else is fine for me yeah i and i and i also do think that the change will come i think like this southampton match was 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 a good like it was it was the right type of match of it was very stale chances were being created chances were like, it didn't matter who they were falling to like all that kind of stuff Callum Wilson again we're getting we're gonna we'll talk about this in full Callum Wilson wasn't looking at as his you know as good as he he could have been and it was just all and then of course Isak comes on and instantly I mean literally instantly creates uh chances and opportunities so um again um just it's a palace match and i'm just grateful we don't have to play them again um getting into some stats uh just want to like uh make a couple of uh quick shout outs um well a couple of quick shout outs to uh eddie howe uh he became the uh first english manager this this century i believe to go 15 straight unbeaten so, shout yeah. out to him. <laughs> That's insane. And then Newcastle yeah. club record, 15 straight unbeaten Premier League matches. Uh, so, absurd. It's like, for all we complain, uh, it's like, you got to remember, uh, 15 straight unbeaten matches is, uh, that is that is Champions League form. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. Arguably, I mean, here's it, the it, thing. It, yeah. Here's the thing about this team. And and uh, I think I may, have, I may have mentioned this the last time we spoke as well. I mean, they have been abject for so long Mm -hmm. that I don't think they could let me down 
I think I think if we finished eighth, I would be disappointed that X Y Z didn't happen throughout the season that we could have finished higher. But that I'm not watching the bottom three, four, five teams week in and week out, praying for injuries and praying the managers get the bad managers stay and good managers leave. Like I'm not watching the drama at the bottom. I'm just appreciating the football weekend and week out. And, uh, you know, I'll take it. This is, this is good stuff. This is, this is a happy place to be. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, this was actually asked by one of our followers. I can't remember if it was Joe or if it was NFC in Indiana, uh, asked about, uh, club rankings and, uh, mm. something we used to do uh, all the time on the podcast. I just totally forgot about it is check out five thirty eights models. Um, not for politics, but for sports. Um, that was a joke only Americans would get. So I don't even know. I it. <laughs> but um, right now they have us finishing the season in fourth in a Champions League spot on 69 points. Nice. Um, they have Liverpool <laughs> and Tottenham behind us, which is wild that they have Liverpool behind us. And again, it's these are all statistical models and uh, they have been wrong before. I mean, there was, a, there was, I mean, especially the Bruce, we got lucky and ended up in 10th years of like, like the percentage chance of us being relegated was like always much higher than, you know, you'd want it to be. Um, we have a 1% chance of winning the Premier League. They they say Arsenal's a 63% chance of winning the Premier League and a thirty and Man City has a 34% chance of winning the Premier League. Um, they're saying Newcastle has a 55% chance to qualify for Champions League, um, which is and I, and I will say they think that we are firmly in a good position to qualify for Champions League. Liverpool is the next highest, and they're at twenty nine percent. So mm-hmm. um, they think that as, th- as things shake out and as things go on, Man U will ultimately uh, be better than us. Sure, um, whatever. Well, I mean, they say there's they're, a, they're getting a good than, streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. Um, and they've got Southampton, Bournemouth, and Everton going down. Uh, with 33, 31, and 30 points, respectively. It, it is fascinating, though, because, like like you said, we're not paying attention to the bottom of the table. But, I mean, it is quite literally probably one of the more entertaining, uh, like, relegation scraps that we've had for a while. I mean, like, it's starting to show a little bit of separation. But for a while, it was like a difference of, like, two or three points in between being right. uh, in the relegation zone and being in, like, 11th. Um, and then club rankings, world club rankings, um, these just got updated today uh, they update on tuesdays uh they have byron is the best club in the world man city is number two arsenal is three and newcastle as the 10th best club in the world so um i'll take it ahead of us chelsea behind us uh but and they this is the weird thing about statistical models and projections um they project manchester united will finish above us in the premier league but manchester united are 13th in the world rankings uh according to 538 so um there's hmm. that. Uh, <laughs> let's get into players in the match. Is there a player in the match for you? Um, uh, Pope again, I guess. I mean, that's I'm sort say, of uh, Nick Pope. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think. Oh well, no, he had that amazing, amazing save uh, from no, uh, on that shot from Mateta. So, um, yeah, Nick Pope. I mean, what a save! That was probably save of the week for me as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, Nick Pope. Anyone you could pick anyone on the back line. Trippier was unreal against uh, Crystal Palace as well. So uh, shouts to him. Uh, so Trippier and Pope will be our players in the match uh, for Crystal Palace. The less we talk about it, the better. Uh, let's take a quick <laughs> ad break 
um, maybe for the last time. Who knows? Uh, ad break. Here we go. And there never was an ad break. Um, again, thanks for rocking with us. We love you guys. Uh, you guys are seriously the best folks. Be sure to stay tuned to what we're doing on socials by following us at CHN underscore podcast and that coming up in the UFC to just stay up to date as to what we're doing for the future of the podcast, all that good stuff. We'll come back with another episode in a couple days, uh, reviewing Southampton. And I guess at this point, might as well preview Southampton as well. So maybe we'll just be talking about the cup and that's it. Um, all that to say, uh, we love you guys. And uh, away the lights. It's cold up there in summer, it's like sitting inside a fridge But I wish I was on the case side, looking at the old time bridge I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it off as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wing. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the river tine. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been a weird. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how weird. I'm coming home. The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. I kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how weird. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown meal. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog. It's in James's pocket. The Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming